Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm, Brown & Crouppen, sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Hey. Rise and shine, St. Louis. It's the Ryan Kelly Morning After on KPN-TFM HD2. With Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, and Action Jackson. 707 in St. Louis, you're listening to the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios. Welcome, friends, to the Munganass St. Louis Acura Alton Toyota 7 o'clock hour. Timothy Michael McKernan, Douglas Elvin Vaughn, Kenneth Iggy Strode, The Plowhawk, and Action Jackson with you here on the radio program. Why don't you come on in? Because the water is warm today here on the final day of July in which we will decide... The Milagro Tequila, listener of the month for the month of July. Doug, we've seen it before with oh. Natty Nate's phone call. Oh, yeah. A two-minute phone call can win an entire month the Milagro Tequila, listener of the month. It's it, happened before. It's Apply at TMASTL.com. It can turn just like that. Yep. And we've seen it turn. We've seen it. We've uh, witnessed yes, it. Ah, yes, we've seen Nice. And uh, the Design Air Heating and Cooling email today is a showdown between Brian Henshin and Buck Swope. Swope with a one-goal lead, and Henshin trails by one. So uh, we'll see how many emails he submits today. Over-under is four and a half. Okay. Four and a half well, is where we are there. Prolific. The morning after at InsideSTL.com is how you can email in for the Design Air Heating and Cooling email today. The EDF Group text inbox is how you can text in 314-881-TMA5. And, of course, call in 636-9004. TMA, Doug, we are in the midst of the trade deadline as it is now. What would you say? God, would you say it's 33 hours away? Would you say that? I don't really count in hours like that, Tim. 34, I think. They just tell me uh, that it's, uh, what, 5 o'clock Tuesday? Our that's, time? Right, that's right, that's right. I don't know how many hours it is because that's going to change a lot. Let's just say 5 o'clock Tuesday, and then we'll know. So 33? I don't, I just don't. Started off great. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. Terrible. It's terrible. You know it's terrible. Hey, come on you now. You know it's terrible, Doug. Come on now. I'll let you have your takes, but, oh, Jesus. We got mats for next year. That's good. We, yeah, our rotation got worse for next year. Our double-A franchise got better, but we have the 27th worst baseball team in the majors. I'm confused what their goal is. Is it to make your minor league club a little more competitive while your major league club dies on a vine? Let me get that. This. Get out. You're getting out already. Yeah. You might as well You're strap them in with duct tape. Strap on. Okay. Yeah, strap on, not strap Oven in. mitts are on. Okay, now, far away. <laughs> I do it, it gets too hot to touch anything in here. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They call the Ghostbusters and the in control. Don't you uh, hear that song? No. Is that Bobby Brown I on don't know own? who it was. I'm going to say 89, Jackson, because I don't think it's 87. That gets me 88 and 90. On our own, Bobby Brown, Ghostbusters 2. Not as bad as Caddyshack 2, but I didn't think it was as good as 
the original Ghostbusters. Thoughts? That's all correct. Uh, on Our Own came out in 1988. Did you watch the chick Ghostbusters by chance? I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that Is one. Is it good? I haven't seen either. All three of them. I haven't seen any of them. Dan Aykroyd, if it's not, he's not in there, it ain't good, right? Did he receive oral from a ghost? Oh! Oral adjacent. <laughs> what would that feeling be? Probably like a stranger, you know, when you sit on your hand for an hour? Right. You can't feel your hand? Yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what led to this, but I'm happy to see it. Uh, Scott's wrinkled ball sack's wife gets to lead off the EDF group text inbox. I don't believe this is a trade take. If Margot Robbie wanted anal without hesitation, she is getting what she wants. I'd drink her bathwater. That's from Scott's Wrinkled Ballsack's wife. Oh, so uh, not unhappy with the takeaway from the Blue Jays or Rangers, mm. but would like to take something away from Margot Robbie. <laughs> that was the wife? Gosh, Scott's Wrinkled Ballsack's wife, Iggy. She'd have to be a strap on involved. She is. I would assume, unless she has a nubbin for loving. Mm. Oh. So Doug, the Rangers. <clears throat> Go ahead, Plowser. Are you done yet? Because it's pretty hard to sit here and listen to you badmouth the Cole Roby and Thomas Seguess, not to mention Sam Roberts and Adam Kloppenstein. You didn't want those guys? Do you remember when the Rams drafted two tight ends and one was named Kloppenstein? Same guy. Yeah. None the of them panned out, by the way. I, I, I don't know. I, my, my take is probably uneducated, so I was waiting for, like, a, a pro like yourself to take mm -hmm. the reins. Okay. I just don't understand what they got in terms of it's helping us next year, because it isn't. Is it helping us in 2025? Maybe. The best prospect we got in the entire trades outside of that right-handed pitcher was a shortstop, but we kind of have five of those already. And I, I just don't get it. He was ranked the Rangers' 23rd best prospect. We, <laughs> we absolutely got nothing, and... I, I don't know what the game plan is. There were two decent players we got rid of. Granted, not under contract next year, Montgomery and Hicks. But still, I didn't want to see a Hicks extension, but I would have rather gave Montgomery $100 million to secure at least a starting rotation spot because now still you have Mats and Michaelis. Nothing has mm -hmm. changed for next year. Doug, how surprised were you that the Jordan-Hicks extension didn't pan out? <laughs> <laughs> stunned. So Absolutely stunned. <laughs> And Flaherty, too. They say, well, they may talk to Flaherty. Yeah, right. Uh, Zalok said he, they were looking for pitchers at the minor league level that had swing and miss stuff, that they want strikeout pitchers. None of the stats really on the guys they got jump out at you. They don't really. None of them go, oh, wow, look at this guy. Yeah, I can see that. But maybe they see something in these people. It used to be when the Cardinals – went out and got a pitcher, we kind of trusted them that they knew what they were doing with pitching. Now, I don't think people have that same faith that they're going to make the right calls. That's right. Uh, Doug, I don't know anything about any of these guys, and I would imagine the vast majority of people don't either. But if they do, uh, we would love to have you on Balloon Party today. Okay. Uh, Jackson, uh, what is our availability on Balloon Party today? Uh, 10 to 11. You can, you can have any <laughs> wow. spot. Mm. Sick. So we didn't plan anything. <laughs> Call the, Cardinals, call the Cardinals and get Kloppenstein on. <laughs> Doug, was it Joe Kloppenstein and Dominique Bird, and then one got in a fight at Pepper so. Lounge? Yeah, that was Bird who got in a fight and got thrown off the team, I think. And then they drafted two tight ends in the second round. Mm -hmm. It was fun. It was fun. And they both <laughs> went to the Pro Bowl. Neither one was mounted to much. One went to the Pepper Lounge. Yeah. So uh, Keith Law uh, writes for The Athletic. I read his column on these people. Um and uh, he said, S guess, 
Sagas? Thomas Sagas? Isn't that the shortstop, right? Yes. Yeah. Alone would be a nice return for two months of Montgomery, but the Cardinals also got right-hander. <laughs> Hesitate now. Don't rush into it. Sakoa Roby. <sighs> Nailed it. Yeah. Who was pushing to become the Rangers' top pitching prospect until he hit the injury list in early June with a shoulder issue. Um, and shoulders for pitchers usually aren't a problem. Pro- yeah, they are. They're a okay, huge problem. Okay, I got something different here. Prior to that, he was 92 to 96 miles an hour, the plus changeup, 50-55 slider, and a yacker of a curveball. Oh, you like that? Yeah, I do like I'm that. Done. I, I actually change my take. take. I love this guy. <laughs> yacker. Uh, there was talk about the Cardinals working out a long-term extension with Hicks. Ha. Huh. There was talk. <laughs> no way. Which would have been incredibly misguided for a reliever who's already had Tommy John surgery and consistently had walk oh. rates far worse than the league average, including this year where he's walked 12.7% of batters he's faced. For the record, the average for National League relievers is 9.6%. Yes, Hicks sits 100-plus miles an hour with his sinker and his sweeper slider slash do-jigger. Is anything yak? <laughs> no, it do-jigs. Oh. Gets a ton of whiffs, and that gives him some value because he gets ground balls and misses bats. He also walks too many guys, and when he gives up contact, it's generally very hard contact. Uh, the Jays did just place closer Jordan Romano on the aisle with a back injury, and the right-handed relief core has been solid but unspectacular. Hicks gives him a different look, and someone beyond Trevor Richards uh, in their bullpen. Right-hander Sam... Oh, no. <laughs> Sam... Easy. Robert. It looks like Robert. Yeah. He's pronounced. He pronounces like three different ways. He does. Yeah. I actually I went into the opening drive before our show to talk to Brooke and Carrie about what they thought about the names. And Brooke said Brooke said she did a deep dive and he's Dutch, so he pronounced it like one way and then a different way in another interview and then broadcaster pronounced a different way. It's very confusing. Well, they're not going to be supportive from 10 to 11 when we mispronounce it, I can assure you that. Doug, the last time the Cardinals brought on a Dutch pitcher, it was our friend from Aruba, Sidney Ponson. Right. And the Cardinals won the World Series that year. Do you believe that's the reason for acquiring reverse? Yes. I can't see any other reason. But he must be pretty good, right? Semro Burse. He can't just be a guy. Is the they better of the two prospects coming to the Cardinals in this trade, although he's had a disappointing 2023 where his stuff hasn't progressed at all from oh. last year and is sliding even as the season has gone along. <laughs> he was signed at 16 out of the Netherlands as a highly projectable pitcher with a great delivery and command for his age, but who was working in the mid-80s. He's still mostly just 90 to mid-80s? 92 miles. <laughs> Wow, we picked up a 40-year-old and a 25-year-old body. Awesome. He's still mostly just 90 to 92 miles an hour, topping out at 94 miles an hour. Uh, He won't turn 22 in October, so he's still young enough to find another two to three miles an hour somewhere. That might make him a mid-rotation starter, whereas now he might just be an emergency call-up. So far, so so good. We got nothing. Uh, Right-hander Adam Kloffenstein. Now we're talking. Son this of former Rams tight end. After a good night at Pepper Lounge. He's repeated double A this year and had improved results, although his stuff is still average at best. Oh, oh and he's God. going to have a harder time against even slightly more disciplined hitters. His best pitch and his most used one is his slider, which was below average last year. Below average? <laughs> but is now solid average with a little bit better break in velocity. 
He's hitting 90 to 94 miles an hour, up a little from last year, although the pitch still doesn't miss any many oh, miss any bats. No. And he has below average command. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that's the athletic. Okay. So let's see what ESPN has to say regarding it. Rachel Nichols, ESPN. Oh. See what we've got here. Here's your uh, trade grade for the Cardinals. And Jordan Montgomery just posted an hour ago. I was reading this. It was just posted early this morning. Uh, the Rangers get an A- minus for receiving Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton. Uh, the Cardinals for receiving... Oh, gosh, here those, comes the name again. Those guys. Thomas, I guess. Yeah. And John King. Yeah, you got that one. <laughs> Uh, get a C. Mm. The actuarial aspect of this trade kind of works. You have two non-elite pending free agent pitchers. Their two months of remaining production would be a lot more valuable to a contending team than one that began Sunday looking up at the Pirates in the standings. Mm. Uh, alas, I'm really not that excited about St. Louis's return. <laughs> Call it a matter of opportunity cost. In this trade environment with so many teams hunting for pitchers and so many teams in relative contention, I would have expected a better and differently structured package that offered more upside potential, even if that meant dipping into the rookie complex leagues for a very young wild card type or two. I don't have a problem with either Roby or Segesi. Seges, Sages. You need middle-of-the-road prospects. <laughs> and the Cardinals produce plenty of them. But King, he's a 28-year-old lefty reliever about to hit arbitration eligibility, who is what he is. He doesn't miss bats and throws a heavy sinker that produces a lot of ground balls. For lack of a better term, he's kind of a ham and egger. Oh, we got a ham and egger. (laughs) The Cardinals have added to their organizational depth but could have done more. Maybe they could have fashioned a different outgoing package, folding in Montgomery and Hicks together in an effort to land one or two prospects with higher ceilings. As it is, this deal on St. Louis's end feels light. All right, Doug? So that didn't go so in well. So that's good. Uh, Blue Jays get Jordan Hicks. Cardinals get... Oh, no. Sam Reverse. And <laughs> Joe Kloppenstein's done with Dominique Bird. Well, I really like John King just because we can say his name with confidence. <laughs> That's the one good thing about the deals. Blue Jays get gray, uh, B-plus on the deal. Cardinals get a B-minus. Oh. The Cardinals are no doubt frustrated that Hicks never really reached his potential. They get two starting p- pitching prospects in double-A for a rental reliever. Robers, a 21-year-old native of the Netherlands, has a 4.06 ERA for New Hampshire in 18 starts. Uh, he was Kylie McDaniel's number 10 Blue Jays prospects heading into the season. Uh, Kloffenstein, 22-year-old right-hander, has slightly outperformed reverse at double-A. Uh, neither player is a high-ceiling prospect, but both are young, at least have the potential to start, and will offer potential depth for next season, which the Cardinals will need. If one of them eventually pans out as a back-end rotation starter, the Cardinals would be happy. That's uh, from David Schum. Are either one of those guys ham and eggers? It wasn't mentioned. There's only one ham and egger, and that's the name we can pronounce. John King. King, Michael King, Bill Gosh. King. How bad is it that, and this is the SPN, but... They're in double A with four point ERAs and they're penciled in to be in the back of the rotation next year? I guess the guy gets a reputation. Some of it based on how much they paid to sign him. Uh what he wrote was if one of them eventually pans out as a back end rotation starter, the Cardinals will be happy. Mm-hmm. 
that was ESPN. I read Keith Law first. So Well, uh, but probably more trades to come, and that's when we'll get some guys that will help next year. Nice. With the, simple names. Hopefully. Be a I mean, Jackson or a Smith or the dead, the deadline. The deadline isn't done, so it's hard to judge. But right now, this is a disaster. And, well, but, well, we if you're looking that. at well, if you're looking at a complete rebuild, it isn't. But if you're looking at what they said, would they be competitive next year? The trades don't align with that no. at all, actually, because I mean, I don't listen to ESPN all that much. I have no idea, but it kind of sounds like we just got run-of-the-mill style prospects, which apparently we have a ton of. That no. doesn't help us. I. I and again, you don't want players to walk for nothing, but if you need a starting pitcher and Jordan Montgomery wants to re-sign here, then why not take the chance in the offseason and try to re-sign him? I, I just... Well, they may still do that. Yeah, nothing's stopping them from doing that. They could still do that. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know if he's going to re-sign. I, I just I don't like the moves. Just but, Plowick, let me ask you, were you expecting major talent from two rentals? No, I thought they were going to package multiple players together. I think the tail end of that ESPN article is what I assumed they were going to do was... You know, if they were going to trade Montgomery and Hicks, try to find a team that's able to, you know, want both of those guys and get yourself a top 50 prospect in all of baseball instead of a top 10 prospect in a certain organization's farm system. Um, And again, that's that's easier said than done with two guys that are, you know, free agents at the end of this year. It's probably hard to get rid of a bunch of guys, but I thought the two separate trades, you get fleeced on both. I think packaging those guys together, you might have been able to get somebody that could help in a couple of years. But yes, I don't expect to. Get, I didn't expect to get a huge haul. But these guys aren't even supposed to help them next year, and that's where I at least thought they were going to get one guy. Denton said Roby becomes the fourth best prospect in the organization. And I think that's a little concerning, seeing as he was what the twelfth or thirteenth in the Toronto one, right? Or went that? Texas that we got. I believe he was Texas. So Gas was the 23rd best prospect in the Rangers organization. I did, I, again, it's Usually just those solid. Guys don't even get to the major leagues, do they? Solid guys, but I, I don't know. I just assumed they were going to get a little more. I suppose you've given up together. on the Cardinals' chances this year of coming back and making a playoff. Well, I think push. they have, but oh. just the two trades right there, I yeah, think they've well, already given up. Well, who are they, they going to start now? With Montgomery out, I didn't even think about like how they're going to finish this Live year. Tour. Great. No, it could be a long, long last two months. I mean, they're going to play a third of the season full of meaningless games. I think next year is going to be worse. So that that that's why I'm a little shocked by the. It's going to take a huge off season to turn it around in one year. A couple hundred that's million in sure. pitching, and I don't know if they're willing to do that. So that's it's just weird. Yeah. So what have they got left? <laughs> Um, maybe Dylan Carlson, maybe Donovan, maybe Edmund, maybe Flaherty, Flaherty, maybe DeYoung. Those guys still available, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah. I mean, if DeYoung is still on this team, Flaherty, especially if you're not wanting to re-sign him, it makes zero sense. Flaherty would finish the year with the Cardinals and just head to free agency. Like that makes no sense for the Cardinals yeah. to have that. So he's got to be gone. There's just no way you can justify that you're tanking yet not getting rid of your best pitcher for something. <laughs> well, yeah. It's going to be tough to see Montgomery clinch the uh, seventh and deciding game of the World Series for the Texas Rangers with some help from Stratton. <laughs> you know that darn well that's what's going to happen. Francis Cabrera's off to a nice start in Toronto with 
four outings and no runs allowed. Yeah, stunning. Got a left-hander who throws 98, 99 miles an hour. Somebody figured out how to teach him to throw a strike. We got another catcher out of that deal, though. Yeah, but he's like 13 years old or something. <laughs> Is it 19? Uh, he hit uh, 12 home runs this past season at Afton. Oh, he did. And they got that short fence on field three. That's correct. And he took advantage <laughs> of the mm-hmm. short porch. Mm-hmm. TMA has acquired a yacker of a fourth producer in Ken Strode, a career journeyman and a ham and egg or lunchable eater in the plowboy whose hot takes get a lot of swing and misses. It's a decent haul for the hefty Willie Springer. That's oh. from the Wentzville Ween Peaker. Oh. A Willie reset out of nowhere a decade. Yeah. I think we won that trade, just the longevity. I had a few stints in the minors. <laughs> I'd like to be a player. The Major League Baseball furlough. I'd like to be a player and I think the and, Pirates practice the furlough. And read a description reset. of yourself as a ham and egg. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard the term, honestly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Doug, do you have a problem? Yes, I don't like that. So Max Scherzer has not been very good, and the Mets got a top 50 MLB prospect. I'm starting to believe Mo sucks at his job. That's oh. from Joe Boo's rum. Well, well the Mets picked up $35 million of, yeah. of that deal, and the Rangers have Avaldi now on the uh, DL, and Jacob deGrom's done for the year. I don't think you can compare Scherzer to Montgomery. No, Scherzer's the first ballot Hall of Famer. But he has been... Yeah, not good this year. This year. Uh, Plowboy, this isn't a video game where you trade Pokey Pipsqueak for tw- 2001 Barry Bonds. That's from the 636. Well, did I did I, did I even say That's to get a major league? word for word what yeah, you, you said. you did bring a Pokey Pipsqueak. Who wants that text? <laughs> I, what I said was I think a return of maybe a top 50 prospect in baseball is, I mean, that's not Barry Bonds. That's not even a major league ready player. That's a guy who may never play in the majors, but they're in potential to that whether it be age or what what have you. Like, these guys are journeymen that we got. Wasn't Libertor a top 50 prospect? Again, like, oh, yeah. and I was fine at the time with that bringing back. Now, we don't develop any of these guys to actually turn into anything. Usually they do that with other teams. Mm. But I would, would be Nick, just please. fine with a top 50 prospect that is a pitcher. I'm not asking for Barry Bonds. I'm not saying Ronald Acuna for Hicks and Montgomery. Mm. I'm not saying that. But I am saying the 11th and 14th prospects on Toronto doesn't seem like the haul that I thought, or at least anybody else thought, that you would get for a, a player like Higgs. Just me. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know about that. I didn't, I didn't say what, it, what I expected. And the reality is I just honestly, I don't know. What I, what I suppose all I can do is read and then try to form some semblance of an opinion. And my initial reaction is matched by what – with Keith Law and uh, the ESPN article written by Bradford Doolittle, Doug, and I know you know him yeah. well. You've you've hung out with great. Bradford. Dooley. What a great name. And uh, David Schoenfeld is, it seems like what they've gotten are relatively low-ceiling return who may be able to do something. But this thing about being competitive in 2024, I actually think may be one of the the biggest stumbling blocks for this trade deadline. And then if you mention that as your mission, I don't know if what they've done so far. I mean, here I want to I want to emphasize this throughout the 3 hours of this show and the 1 hour on on 101 ESPN today. It's not over. Um and there still is a day and a half here and and I would be shocked if there aren't multiple more current major league Cardinals who are on other teams by uh Tuesday night after the deadline. 
But what I'm saying is taking a step back, because to sit here and act like I know anything about any of these guys, I don't even know how to pronounce most of their names, much less who they are and what you they do. You gave it a good effort, though. I, I like it. I diversified with about eight pronunciations for each one. I and that like means you, I covered it. You nailed John King. I mean, you were all over. You crushed it. I feel good about that. Mm-hmm. The 28-year-old lefty who's arbitration eligible. Um, but I feel like what the organization really needs to do is consider more of the rebuild approach than we're going to we're going to be competitive for 2024. I just don't know how realistic that is when you look at it and you go you got Miles Michaelis and you've got now over his last four starts Stephen Matz, but keep in mind he was a man in a bullpen a month ago. Um, and then you have to fill three spots plus you know, you talk about Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato, but you know, their 2022s aren't necessarily something that you can expect in 2024. One's going to be 36. One's going to be 33. Uh, I realize they both may be Hall of Famers. I feel like Arenado's more likely than Goldschmidt. But either way, it doesn't matter. They're both incredibly talented ballplayers, but they're also not necessarily surging towards their prime. And so I don't understand that mindset on let's be competitive for 2024 when at best at best as of this moment again it's not fair fully to talk about it um but then i don't think it's necessarily reasonable to think they're going to acquire a major league starter for 2024 from what they have left unless they're going to deal somebody we don't anticipate them dealing you have 40 percent of your rotation for next year and there's going to be competition for julio urias and aaron nola and um, you know, if they, if they do go down trying to get Jordan Montgomery back, um, and who else am I leaving out? Eduardo Rodriguez, Blake Snell. Oh, I know I'm leaving out other people, but that, you know. Giolito. Uh, yeah, Giolito. So the, the point being, that's not been a strong suit, or, nor has it been a comfort spot for them. And so I, if you want to get big names and prospects with high ceilings, you have to part. It's, that's the way a negotiation works. You have to, you don't, you don't act like, you know, you don't float a report out that you're going to sign Jordan Hicks and then somebody goes, oh, my God, we better give him somebody. That was so transparent. It was ridiculous. That was disappointing. The Nolan Arenado thing, that was the, the whole that whole 48 hours to me. I don't know if I'm I feel like I might be on an island with how strange that whole thing was. The Cardinals were clearly considering it, which is why they didn't issue a statement saying that they weren't considering it. There were these demands being made for the Cardinals to dem- the John Mazelik say we are not trading him. You know why he didn't say it? Because he was considering trading him. And I mean, I, I don't. If you agree with me on the Jordan Hicks bluff, then I would assume you're operating from the same mindset as to why John Mazelik didn't come out and say anything. He because they were it's like I remember saying to Joe Strauss back during the Kevin Demoff thing another thing the L.A. Times was right on. I said I just don't get why he doesn't come out and say that they're not moving. And I remember Strauss it was just me and him on the phone. He goes, Well, that's because they're planning on moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, granted, that was 2012 or 13. Uh, so that was why there wasn't a denial. Sorry, they, they were considering doing it, but there may have been a reason if the, the Dodgers were going to give them so much that it was something they should consider. Nolan Arnato is not 25-year-old Babe Ruth. He's a 33-year-old third baseman who is, you know, not necessarily trending upward. I realize he's a fan favorite and a great ball player and a Hall of Famer, 
But if the Los Angeles Dodgers are going, hell, we might be Arenado away from a World Series and winning a World Series in a non-COVID year, then maybe they overpay. And that's how you get a big-time return. But it also may reduce the probability of you winning a World Series in 2024. And that is why I think this thing about we're going to be competitive in 2024, yeah, they might be able to be because of the division they're in. But I think what it does is I think it hamstrings their moves. And I don't know if that's a Bill DeWitt thing saying, I don't want to go into a season where we're kind of rebuilding because we have these two corner infielders. But, God, one's 36 in a month and a free agent after next year. To me, it's obvious you trade him. It's obvious you trade him. And maybe they will. Hell, I don't know. It's not over yet. And I think it's worthy of at least considering Arenado being traded, as I think they were doing. But somehow they got their asses lit up or it became fake news in St. Louis. Uh, and that the L.A. Times was somehow uh, running a recruiting campaign for the Dodgers, which was pretty insulting to the, the writers of the Los Angeles Times, I thought, for those who were insinuating that. Um, so... From my standpoint, I can't comment on these guys from the Blue Jays organization and the Rangers organization. I can plagiarize thing and give you a take if you want, but it's a bunch of BS. What I can tell you is from a macro standpoint, I think what the Cardinals' strategy is for 2024 is going to be awfully difficult to live up to considering you have Miles Michaelis, who's an above-average pitcher, and Steven Matz, who has a wide delta under contract, and then who else? So there you go. So what are you going to do? Go out and sign Nola and Snell? I mean, God bless. Good luck. I just think that they're putting, setting themselves up for a very uh, high bar to reach based on what they currently have, unless there's something that they're about to do that I don't necessarily see them doing. And I think that is short-sighted. Uh, now I have uh, given you my take, and now you are welcome to give your take on my take, which is fun because now we're exchanging takes. Isn't it fun? Let me ask you. It is fun. Because um, oh. I don't know how it works. With the Cardinals... <laughs> well, I'm not a GM, so I wouldn't know what goes on. But would the Cardinals try to work out a deal with the Dodgers? Say, okay, we'll take this. You know, you want Arenado. This is what we want. And if they agree, then they ask Arenado to waive his no trade? Yes. Okay. In my opinion, that's how it would be. Okay. And you so see you have that. It was a lot of semantics that was going on. You know, Derek Gould tried to get John Mazzalek to comment. Yeah. <laughs> Gould, did you see that Doug Gould tweet? John Mazzalek said he wasn't available because he was on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that. Well, so then Arnado says he'll talk about the game on, what was it, Friday or Saturday night? I can't remember which one it was. Saturday, I believe. Man, hell, I don't know, Friday or Saturday. And, uh, and nobody wanted to ask him anything about the game. And then he left, and then he came back, to his credit, and mm. then answered questions. But he didn't say, I will not waive my no trade clause. That is how you put things to bed. John Mazalak put it to bed when he said, we are not trading Nolan Arenado. But he didn't do it until, what was that, yesterday or Saturday? Either way, he did do it. But, but they didn't do it before then. They said, it's you know, we'll take a look at everything. But and, and, and listen, I, if people don't want to believe me, I, it's fine. I don't really give a damn. I know how this crap works, though. And if you know you're not going to do something, you can confidently say it. If you want to, you know, play with people's balls and give little, you know, you know half-truths and stuff and cryptic messages to try to satisfy people. And I get it. It's a tough spot because it's not going to be a popular move to do this stuff. But they're not close. That's the issue. They're not close. 
And so I think that they have a flawed mission statement of trying to be competitive for 2024 because it's going to be awfully difficult to achieve that unless they just plan on spending a crap load of money. But we've seen a couple organizations do that, and, and one of them may be trading Justin Verlander today and already traded Max Scherzer, and the other one is, you know, in the mix with possibly trading uh, Blake Snell in the, in the Padres. So... And the Rangers went out and spent a fortune on Jacob DeGrom, and he hadn't been much right. good to them either. So that just spending a lot of money is not always the answer. It, it could be when they talk to reporters and talk to us or anybody. They just don't want to speak in absolutes because things change. Right, Mazalak, 100%. Mazalak may say, we are not trading Arenado, and his phone may ring today with the Dodgers and go, oh, wait a minute. Exactly. Yeah. We'll and and, I, and, and that's, that. you know, there's plenty to be critical of John Mazalak for, but the, the, there were these, like, demands that he, you know— that he issue a statement saying we're not trading him. Well, why? Yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? Story. Why would you huh. do that? And and then the, the the LA Times were playing a role as like a PR wing of the Dodgers trying to recruit Nolan Arenado. It's like, do you think this guy just made this thing up? I mean, is that really where we are? But hey, if you if that's what you want to believe because it doesn't suit your you know your internal belief, that's fine. I, I realize there's a cottage industry for that stuff. Um, you know, Arenado's in a tough spot, and it's totally understood. Arenado might not have said anything, but his agent might have said something. Who knows? It's, un- it's, it's an awkward spot. You don't want to say, yes, that is true. I would go to the Dodgers, because then that pisses off the fan base if the Cardinals don't work something out with the Dodgers. Who knows? I don't know. What I do know is what the Cardinals currently have, and that is a team that is not close to being competitive in 2024 as it stands. Weird things can happen, of course. But from that standpoint, with a free agent first baseman who's the defending MVP, I would look at trading him. And I don't think it's outlandish to consider trading Arenado, although I understand not doing that because he's younger and he's under contract for four more years. It's a totally different circumstance than Goldschmidt. But this team is not close with its starting staff as it is, much less to get three new ones in. And that's counting on Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz to being a team that's going to be competing for a pennant. From my standpoint. Would you agree that in order to get a starting pitcher from somebody else's rotation, you're going to have to trade? I mean, if you're talking Goldschmidt and Arenado, you're probably trading them to a team that's got a shot at winning the World Series or going far in the playoffs. Well, they're not going to give you one of their better pitchers because they're trying to win. Right. You would have to trade a bunch of prospects to a crappy team to get maybe their one or two. Possibly, yeah. But the Dodgers do have Dustin May, who's a great prospect, has shown something. I do believe he's injured currently. So I'm not saying that would be the only piece you get, but that's a scenario where the Dodgers give up a really good pitcher. Doesn't hurt them this year, help the Cardinals next year, which is really what you're looking for. Again, I don't think that's a straight-up trade. You can't trade Nolan Arenado for somebody who's not going to be pitching this year. Um, but Dustin May and a couple of their prospects and their farm system is loaded. I, I would trade Nolan Arenado. I would consider it, especially with the haul that you may get back. It's going to suck seeing him win a World Series for the Dodgers or get close. But that guy deserves to play meaningful baseball games. And if, I think the organization at least owes him a favor to send him to a, you know, a team that he wants to go to, obviously with the no-trade clause. I would get rid of Nolan Arenado and just start completely fresh if you get a guy like that. Well, uh, it doesn't matter because John Mazelk at this point now has said that is not happening. Yeah. Um, Well, I meant more than that, but that that would be a key piece for me. I mean, he's done great in the playoffs. And and so, therefore, I would imagine that 
Goldschmidt wouldn't be going anywhere. But I think that that if if there's a move where you want to get high ceiling players, that I think would be the move. I don't know what else. What do you see anything, Doug, that you think could return? I mean, Flaherty, I don't think is necessary. I mean, they're going to get no. Some they almost got a high ender this off season in uh, Murphy, but apparently they didn't want to part with people like Lars Newtbar. So there are players that maybe don't show up on the trade radar right away who you think are tradable that could that could lead you to get a. A starting pitcher, I suppose. They, they've got some useful parts. I mean, anyone would want Donovan. Anyone would probably want Newt Barr. Now, whether those guys can give you a, a, a solid difference-making starting pitcher, I don't know. But I think anybody's on the table right now. But I'm talking about who do you think that's realistic on the table to get a high return. That's what I'm saying. Uh, My point being, I think the only ones that are going to get a high return that may excite the fan base. And again, when we, I think we talked about this on, on both TMA and Balloon Party, that no matter what, the Cardinals are going to be acquired in a weird spot, first time in a generation, or first time certainly in the DeWitt ownership for that matter, in which they're in this spot, and being in this spot as a seller means your return are players who the fan base has never heard of. Usually you can pronounce their names. Yeah. In this case, Not you can pronounce case. No, 20% of them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, that's, that's the nature of the beast. So when you trade recognizable names for unrecognizable ones, that's, that's part of the deal. Um, you know, I mean, you can look at some of these deals that are done at the trade deadline, and there are stories written about them a decade later. Like, can you believe for this rental, was it John Smoltz for Doyle Alexander? Yeah. Bagwell might have been one. Do you remember the, the, some of these? That you, looked, mm-hmm. you don't know who these guys uh, are at the yeah. time. The difference is now minor leagues are covered much more intently than they were back in the Smoltz-Doyle-Alexander trade days. Can you imagine the research a team has to do to know about all the players and all the organizations? I mean, I think there's there's like 3,000 people in the minor leagues, aren't there? Something like that. If every team has like 100 players in their organization, there's 30 teams – you got to know all 3,000 some odd players mm-hmm. enough. You got to know them well enough that you can trade your own guys for some of these people. So I'm sure they did a ton of research to think that the guys that they got actually have a chance to play for them. Sure, and their scouting department's done a hell of a job. Yeah. It's been player development and then assessing who to trade and who to keep. Tim, why would they come out and say Arenado won't be traded if they explored it? Well, because after they explored it, they decided they weren't going to trade him because the offer wasn't good enough. I hope my answer is straightforward enough, but if it's not, I'll take follow-up questions. Uh, that's from Deluxe. Plowhawk, is that your guy? Uh, guy is a very strong term, but, yeah, he is a guy that oh. kind of got under my a, skin, but he's a good well, dude. Fair, fair question. I'm happy yes. to answer. But if, if, do you understand? Did you guys understand what I mean by that? Like, they, yeah. they, they explored it. They, weren't, they didn't think the juice would be worth the squeeze. And so then at that point, Mazzella could then issue definitively that they wouldn't trade him. So that's so one had to take place before he could do the other, which totally makes sense. <clears throat> I think the problem Mazzella has when he makes statements like we're looking toward 2024 is yesterday's a perfect example. There were no giveaways this weekend. Cubs are in town. They didn't need to give anything. No giveaways this weekend. Average 43,000 a game. Yeah. So if you say we're rebuilding next year for next year, we're looking at 25, 26. 
Well, you probably lost a lot of those people. Oh, yeah, they don't want to say that. Yeah, so that's... Cardinal this. fans don't want to hear that you got no, we got no shot next year. That's but, that whole, we're building for, we're looking at 2024. Well, so far, what, what you got, you are not, you're not. It's still early. You got a day and a half, but... Yeah. Well, Zanlock pretty much backed himself in the corner. This may be regurgitating what Tim said earlier, but, like, you're going to have to spend money this offseason on starting pitching, and they don't really love to do that, but you're going to have to get an, Owen, an, an Aaron Noah. You're going to have to get somebody like that, and... Like, to, to say the fans don't understand that they're not going to be competitive next year, look at the roster, look at the rotation. I, I don't ha- know how you look at it. Again, they're, what, a little over 24 hours into trade deadline. There's a whole offseason next year. There's a whole trade deadline next year. So I realize this team now probably will look a lot different, you know, this time next year. But to start out the trade deadline how it was, and you still need to add three starting pitching with the Bailey situation, are you really wanting to lock down a guy for $180 million? I, I don't see him doing yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's that variable that, that is, to me, really relevant, but a tough one to get them to, uh, to acknowledge if it's a factor in their decisions. I would keep an eye, and this is just, this is, nobody's reported, at least if, if it is, I haven't read it. The Orioles are in a weird spot. I mean, they are a legitimate World Series contender, but they are beat up at starting pitching. I would think that there there could be a match there with the Cardinals and Flaherty. Um, the Mariners strike me as a team that's got a bunch of young pitching that would make sense if the Cardinals might go position player, you know, from the Carlson to Young, and I don't know if they would trade Edmund or Donovan, and they got to be packaged up. Um, the Mariners are in that weird spot, and they have a bunch of young pitching. I don't know on the Orioles' young pitching front if it makes sense. They have a bunch of young position players. Um, but I would expect Jack Flaherty's gone. It's just a matter of what is Jack Flaherty's value on the open market to buyers. He's had four scoreless starts since mid-May, um, but he's... You know, he's a rental, and he's a rental that uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how teams view him if they're putting in a putting in a playoff rotation. But the Orioles are really in a tough spot. They uh, just sent uh, Tyler Wells down to Double A to give him a break, and their pitching staff is made up of a bunch of young pitchers who have already surpassed their innings load from the previous year in their career, and they've got this great offense, but. Uh, that one seems to make sense. And then from a position player standpoint, in exchange for pitching, young pitching, that could be the Mariners. But again, I don't know if the Mariners are going to part with young pitching prospects for who would be remaining from the Cardinals unless Edmund Donovan, one of those two, really excites them in Seattle. So there, uh, there's the analysis of what I believe is remaining out there, unless there's a sneaker with Goldschmidt or somebody we don't discuss see coming. Uh, your thoughts, 314-881-TMA5. Call in 636-9004-TMA and email in the morning after at InsideSTL.com. For our design, air, heating, and cooling email today, Design Air is the official HVAC provider of TMA. And if you are running into air conditioning projects all, problems, all you got to do is go to DesignAirService.com and work with Seth Goldcamp and his staff at Design Air Heating and Cooling. Doug is a client. I am a client. And if you run into problems in July or August with your air conditioning, you can become a client very quickly. You just go to designairservice.com. 
Seth Goldcamp. He is fourth generation, and he prides himself on carrying on the tradition of his family, and that is no upselling. Diagnose a problem, fix it, be truthful with the customer. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. Jackson, Doug, tell me about your hair. Oh, well, I'm 33 days out now from my mm, FUE procedure. How's your peach fuzz? I don't know if you can see my peach fuzz. Oh, I do. Wow. A little bit of peach fuzz. It's still very early. They say three months before you see a lot, see much of anything, and six to eight months before you see a lot, and the finished product in a year. But they will take care of you at St. Louis Hair Restoration. They have lots of different solutions depending on your age and your baldness level, whether it's the front of your hair or the back of your hair. Dr. Palenga's been doing it all for many years. He's got some great uh, recommendations from people on the on the website. If you check out stlouishairrestoration.com, you can see some of the before and after pictures. They really do a fantastic job. I can tell you, I had this done late June. No pain involved. A little bit of swelling when it was done, but that some people don't have any swelling at all. I had just a little bit, and there is zero pain involved. And if this is something that's bothered you for a long time, and you always look at your hair and you say, why, why do my hair have to look like this? Is it going to look like this forever? Well, it will until you do something about it. And this is a permanent solution that they have at St. Louis Hair Restoration. Jackson has also had a little something done. Yeah, they consulted me. I went in, talked to them, and they said, hey, how about you take some of that finasteride? Uh, it's really easy. Just take one pill every morning. Super easy. And then also, here's this laser cap we're going to put on your head. And uh, you just put it on six minutes a night. Super easy. You forget it's there for a second. Kind of looks like a batting helmet, uh, but it's really not difficult to use. And you just throw it on there for six minutes, and that helps with the regrowth while the finasteride helps curb the loss. So all that combined, hopefully I'll be uh, eligible for an FUE procedure coming up in the near future so we can all look like Fabio, so we can all mm -hmm. look like Clooney, and uh, we'll be just some naughty boys, and it's all what you I can like do. I like naughty boys. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, think, I think we all naughty are. boys? Well, right. I think. What else is there? Yeah. You're trying to have sex sells, Doug. Uh, uh -huh. So visit stlouishairrestoration.com. All right. That makes sense. That's where I went. Naughty boys need love, too, too, too. Two. All right, Plowhawk, we have uh, some sound from the Cardinal President of Baseball Operations on these trade acquisitions. You tell me what we have. Doug, we will learn. Okay, I'd like to. Hit uh, the lever, please, go from the job him talking about trading Monty and Stratton, if that works. All right, sure. Now, obviously, this is a, a, a day that we were hoping would never happen in the sense of having to break up our club, um, having to focus on the future. But over the course of the last two weeks, we, we were really taking a hard look at what the trading deadline could do for us. Um, you've heard me state in the past that, that we were looking to acquire pitching, and that was certainly one of our goals. But we were also looking to find talent. Um, obviously, this year has not gone as we planned, so we really want to focus on what 2024 and beyond would look like. And we felt like as we had players that were attractive to other teams, we had players that were coming, uh, becoming free agents, and we felt like the timing albeit unique for the St. Louis Cardinals, we had to do this. And um, it's not a happy moment, but we certainly um, are excited about the, the, the future opportunity we were able to acquire today. Okay. Very solid take. Well, he's he said he's excited about it. You sounded excited. <laughs> or he sounded like he was oh. getting a colonoscopy. I don't, couldn't mm. tell which one. Uh, greetings from the Grand Tetons. Perfect temps and not a Margaritaville or Bubba Gump Co. in sight. Hashtag blessed. Doug, what is that? Is that just a vacation postcard we were sent by the so. Hunchback of Von Castle? Yeah. We like to get people's postcards. 
let's see. Uh, Kevin's brother, Jack Demoff, says, Michaelis is the obvious piece that gets you something of significance from a desperate trade partner. That's Kevin's brother, Jack Demoff. Well, then they're even in worse <laughs> shape for pitching. I would be shocked, but hell, I don't know. You going to trade from your weakness? All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Uh, guys, we got a banty rooster in the YouTube chat. Jackson, do we oh. have a banty rooster in the YouTube chat? Yes. I mean, oh, what's the problem? I'm going to look right now. Uh, they're not. Jackson, can you heat up some nachos in that laser helmet? That doesn't seem banty. No. If you scroll up a little bit, you'll see, uh... Something. Oh, we got a new friend. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, Who's our friend? <laughs> uh, let's see what we got, Doug. His name is, his quote-unquote name is Aaron Sitzies? Oh, Is it okay. Sitzies? I don't know who it is. You don't know. Pipe down, oh. half baked. I think that might be half me. Half baked. <laughs> I'm too baked to know if that is me. Or not. Uh, Nate in Tallahassee's calm this morning. There will be plenty, plenty of pitchers in free agency. How about Nate in Tallahassee? Yeah, LMAO. Whoever said Newt was a Hall of Famer? You and your echo in Merrimack Cavern. Who said Newt? I don't know. Newt? Is that even brought up? Was Newt Bar even brought up this morning? I well, think. I threw out his name as a guy that they didn't want to trade last year. But you called him a Hall of Fame. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> and when were you at Merrimack Caverns? Yeah, I've never been there? to Merrimack Caverns. I used to see Jay Randolph do the commercials for yeah, Merrimack cool Caverns and wanted to go. I've never right? been there. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's Aaron. yelling at people in the chat. Oh. He's oh. not mad at us now. He is actually, oh, Tuxy. Oh, oh, Jason Tuxie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yell at someone else. He's getting hit. Oh, he? <laughs> uh, Aaron Sitzi. Doug, do you say, do you pronounce it I, I've never tried to pronounce it. So LMAO, the fact that Tim is believing his own BS is awesomeness. <laughs> you did read the supposed return for Nolan Arenado, right? Max Muncie, and as you and your co, you and your co would say a bunch of no names. Hmm. I'm not saying that speculated return for the Dodgers Zach I'm saying is the reason I didn't didn't comment on that all I'm saying is the Cardinals were considering trading Nolan Arnado to the Dodgers and I would bet everything I have on it I know I can't bet it because there's no way to prove it but that's why John Mazalek did not issue the statement he made until 24 36 hours ago whatever the hell it was and that, by the way, in my opinion, that's the right thing to do. You shouldn't close the door on anything, especially if a team is dying to get one of your players and your team is in the spot that they're in. So uh, hopefully that helps explain to uh, Aaron Sitsis. Is it Sitsis, Doug? I don't it? know. I've never heard the name. What a guy wake up in the morning and just be miserable. Maybe he doesn't like his life. His wife is yelling at him. Uh-oh. He's trying to make it. You're making some it. massive deductions. <laughs> Whatever. This, this show. Whenever you wake up, and you wake up, you're, you're a miserable person. You wake up in the morning. The first thing you do is you just go to some radio stations, YouTube, and just start trashing yeah. everybody. 
What a no. life. Uh, Dotem just appeared and asked, when is it okay to kiss a guy? No. So that's changed. Don't the, get us off track. That's changed the discussion now. I emailed that drop to a listener this morning. So. You know, a listener wanted it just to have it's like a ringtone. He DM'd me over the weekend about wanting the Krispy Kreme, when is it okay to kiss a guy? Didn't <laughs> ask why. I felt like I didn't want to go down that road and didn't want to continue that conversation. Never ask why. Simply just asked for his email. Yeah. Shot it to him this morning about 5 a.m. Okay. You should have seen my DMs after he played the wind of the beehole. Uh, oh, I bet oh, they were people wanted it. People, people, people it. really wanted to see who was talking in that video. They like to a put a strange. face to the voice, though. These listeners. Yeah. You tell us how it's like to wake up miserable, Iggy. That's from the 830 Oh, <laughs> no. Damn. That's a shot. You don't wake up miserable, do you? No, and if I did, I wouldn't go on some message board or YouTube and start yelling at people. No, I wouldn't. It feels like it's so early. I guess I give takes this early, too. I'm going to retract whatever I was just about to say. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, got, let's hear it. Let me put on the oven. I think I would have thrown myself under the bus. I go, who has takes at 7 a.m.? But I was also giving a take at you 7 a.m. Yes, so, you yeah, have takes. I, I don't want to. And if we started at 6, you'd have takes at 6. Yeah, and 5. Mm-hmm. I was here early. I was ready to give takes. Uh, new sound story, general manager Peter Epdug was here at 5.30 hanging out with the Plowhawk. Fantastic guy. First day at work. First day? For Peter. God bless him. Yeah. 5.30. Brought me coffee. Yeah, he brought you nice coffee. Day. Yeah, what a fine gentleman. You're a fan, Jackson. Huge fan. Why are you a fan of this boy? Uh, he's, he's very ambitious, very driven, um, very nice, you know, kind, good attitude, and uh, he brought me coffee, which I was, I walked in here just didn't have the energy I needed. He handed me that coffee, pounded it. Now I'm ready to rock. No, oh, look at you, yeah. pounding it. Yeah, I like that. That's what I did with it. I drank it quickly. Okay. Well, he is—he's uh, a great guy. We're excited to have him start. So welcome aboard to Peter Rep. And he was in here getting what, like, a bunch of sound stories from the Plowhawk that are saved in the system. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? God yep. bless him. Yeah, he's good people. Sure. I'll be spending all afternoon with him. Me, him, and Mark Montavani. Doug, that's who we we ponied up at the table here. It's quite a one. team. For uh, day one of uh, Peter Rep, uh, who brings uh, coffee in uh, here and gets his job in the morning, is to bring coffee to Jack. When he texted me last night saying he'll be here at 5:30, I, I felt like six was a comfortable time. Sure 5:30 is a that's a that's a big operation a to get gra- up and around. Yeah. Great, Peter Rep. Met him a couple times. He actually knows Madison and the family really well. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I he think lived they lived the a, street. Right? Yeah, they lived around the neighborhood yeah. by Doug as well. So mm-hmm. they I, in the Barnoff. Well, they were in the back. This is before the they, they, they weren't allowed on money. the estate and grounds. <laughs> on Vaughn's Grove, they were not allowed on. We do have coffee in the back. We have coffee in the back? Yeah, I mean, if Jackson says he really needs some coffee, I mean, we do have some back there. No doubt, but it's such a kind gesture that oh, it, ta- it, it tastes better. It tastes better when someone does something nice for you. On Peter's first day, he has been to the show earlier than I have ever been to the show in 19 yeah. years. We'll break him with that. I was he very surprised when he actually showed up for five like, damn. Uh, Peter Rep is a stick on the ice rink, too. Skated with him on Saturday. That's from the Farmington Farm Boy. Doug, uh, tell me about his skating. I, I don't know anything about his skating. I just understand he's a stick. Uh, t- Tim... <laughs> What's the hog situation on this Peter Rep? Oh, God, they're already taking shots at him. He's not even associated with this this company. Oh. Uh, Tim, is Peter Rep fair game? I feel like that's a gray area for us. That's from the recovering alcoholic from Belleville and Webster Groves, who also says, hey, Tim, I'm filing a class action lawsuit. Wow. Against Amron for damages. I had a, uh, 
less popular MFF lined up for you Saturday night. Name your figure. That's from the recovering alcoholic from Belleville and Webster Groves. Wow. Name your figure. I guess what he wants to uh, file the litigation for, and this is going to be against Amron. Doug, is your power out at all? Did, you, did your power It was go? out, yeah, for a few hours. It's back now. I'm telling you. Iggy, did you see that storm coming? I assume you did. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but nobody asked me about it. I don't know that you saw it coming. <laughs> we could have used a heads up. Nobody asked me about a storm over the weekend. I will tell you one thing. It was gonna, I was going to go outside, and I said, uh, I looked at the, it was 105 heat index right before that storm, right around. Is the, that right? Really? Yeah, because somebody was going to the Cardinal game, and uh, I kind of kidded. I said, well, you may want to bring a jacket. It might be a chill in the air. Then I looked at the, uh, the heat index at the time. It was 105. That's not jacket weather. No, but that storm came through. I was kidding. But then the storm came through. After the storm went through, the heat index was 75. How about that, though? The temperature, was, the temperature was 75 and the heat yeah. index was 70. 30 degrees it dropped after that storm. So I, maybe he did need a jacket. I was, uh, I was out on the golf course with uh, my 5-year-old, and uh, it was a beautiful day. We headed home. I went down in the basement, and, uh, and our head pro texted me. He goes, hey, you guys probably should come in now. I, I, was, I didn't go out in the basement because of the storm. I just, it was a sunny day, and I went downstairs and was just hanging out. And, and he knew our head pro was out there with his son. And he goes, you guys could probably come in now. And I'm like, Did that, was that meant for me? Well, the storm had come in that quickly that he was saying, you got to get off the course because yeah. it's dangerous. I had no idea it was even raining because so a power line went down right around our home. So a lot of Kirkwood, I guess, is still without power is my understanding. Oh, yeah. So the reason the recovering alcoholic is saying uh, that he had this less popular MFF uh, set up for me is we were going to dine at Olive and Oak on Saturday night, and uh, and then I think Olive and Oak's power went out, but I think it it it, it started back up like at six thirty or seven. But at that point we had called an audible. Doug, you want to know where we go? You want to take a guess? Oh, can I have initials? CK. CK. Chief Ketchups. Uh, California uh, Kitchen? Cooking Cookie. Uh, second letter, first word, please. I. City Confectionery. Nope. Nope. Third letter, please. T. City. City. City uh, Coppermans. Th- fourth letter, please. I. City Bank. <laughs> you went to City Bank to eat? Citizen Kane. Citizen yes! Kane's. Oh, that was easy. Okay. He did get his wave to the gallery like yeah. Phil Mickelson. I know, Mickey. What is Mickey? What did Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Carroll, Carroll do? did this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a champion. In in 19 years of this program, perhaps, and I'm I'll, I'll I'll take all texts and all emails that can challenge this. The strangest vision in the show's history was Mickey Carroll in an SUV full of just like a quite a posse. Of a guy who would just fall asleep on the field, and his driver, who I believe is a state later sued, if memory serves, he's had the driver stop the car, roll down the window to no one in particular, and then stuck his arms like <laughs> like a boxing champion from the 1920s, and then the car just moved on. And me and Martin looked at that and go, "What in the hell did we just witness?" Didn't you do that spring training one year? You walked. That's in what happened. Training. Spring training. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's what they used to do. It's the strangest. It's a nice gesture, though. <laughs> it's a nice and you don't gesture. see much of it. 
I'd like to see more of it. He would do it on like the fan show. Conquering Hero. Mm-hmm. I did it. He would do it on the fan show because he'd always go to every fan show and, and Google would point him out. And Mickey Carroll's here. And he... <laughs> I like the gesture, frankly. So we're dining at Citizen Kane's. No MFFs to speak of, uh, which is why I guess we will file the uh, class action uh, lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no bad weather. It's 730. Well, all of a sudden, the power goes out there. Wow. Yeah, just out of nowhere. And uh, Had you eaten yet? We had. We're on the earlier dining plan now because <laughs> uh, Anna Marie's parents had uh, both of our sons. So uh, one of them was returning, the, the one-year-old, and uh, the five-year-old was staying out there for the evening. But uh, we had to get home, so we had to go to eat earlier. But we were eating, and then the steaks were probably being cooked, and then the place deals with the power outage. So I don't know what wound up happening because hmm. I was back at home by 8 o'clock because I live the life of a hustler now where I go and have dinner at 7 o'clock and I'm home by 8 o'clock and just pleasured myself by just being real transparent with the audience. I think it's important. I'll mention that on Balloon Party, too. I ate at 4, so don't... You have dinner at 4 now? (laughs) Really? Yeah, eat at 4. But you don't have lunch. No. Okay, that's... So you must be starving at 4 o'clock. I'm hungry at 8 at 4. And then I got time for dessert at like 7. That's how you've remained so svelte. Live. By eating so early. Yeah, I just, I don't get hungry, so. You really don't? No. Yeah. Like I, I can't wait for this nanner. Look at the girth on this nanner, YouTube boys. Mm-hmm. If I get hungry. Sitsies. You know, I might make a sandwich <laughs> at noon or something if I get hungry. Well, that counts as lunch. Yeah, but I don't do that every day. I'm not hungry every day at lunch. <laughs> if I am, I make a peanut butter and jelly or something. <laughs> Uh, guys, the best visual in the show's history is Mickey Carroll, Timberfake, and Rudy going for a car ride with producer Joe interviewing him. Mm-hmm. That's from Angel of Morning After. I thought that was a wonderful conversation, but as far as unique vision, Mickey Carroll exiting spring training like a 1920s boxing champion to no one in particular, for my money, is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey Carroll took a ride with Timberfake Rudy and Prod Joe. He interrupted Rudy and Timberfake discussing stinky fingers to give an FDR impression. It I was magic. That. He did. Yeah. We yeah. talked about that. Eleanor Roosevelt. That video is like a fever dream. <laughs> God. Do we have that in the drops, Plowsy? I don't think we Eleanor do. Roosevelt involved oh, Eleanor. God, if we I, would have, no. and maybe it exists, maybe Jay Boyd knows about this, uh, when, yeah, because he was working with us at that time, when we had Brie Olson right in the midst, I think, of the Charlie Sheen thing, I think, judging a girl next door of the year contest with Rich Gould, Mickey Carroll, Rudy, Felipe Lopez. Yeah, he was there, the shortstop. Mm-hmm. At the big time. Uh-huh. And then somebody left, I say somebody, left their one-hitter <laughs> up on the stage. And that caused an issue, mainly because the person who left it, you wouldn't necessarily expect it. And then Brie Olson got sideways with the uh, the girl next door, competitors, Doug. She wasn't happy that we requested she stop giving them negative scores mm-hmm. in front of 500 people. Right. She left the venue, bent over, and then took a picture of her birthday hole and oh. said, this is for you inside us. Uh-huh. Oh. And then went back to the hotel and ran up a bar tab, I believe. That's right. Big night. Mm. Big night. Hmm. Did Rudy go on a date with her? No, somebody really did go somebody on a date did. with her. I thought Rudy went. 
they go with Brie Olson or Caden? I can't remember. I think it was that. Brie Olson. Is it Brie Olson? Uh, <laughs> Tim, the runner-up, is the guy with the tramp stamp playing volleyball at Wave Taco. Doug, a gentleman with a tramp stamp. I don't remember who that would have been. There is a video, and again, here come the text. I'm turning this into me. Um, okay. I'll just, fair warning, get yeah. ready. No, that's fine. But there is a video out there that we did, um, I believe we did it for the fan show, where we went out to a 590 golf tournament for the day, and me and Mickey Carroll uh, did a video acting like we were trying to play golf. It's pretty funny. And at the end of it, I pushed him out of the cart, but we had... You pushed him out of the cart? No. But at the time, Crimson Callahan was only like 10. And he was out there, and he had his, had his like, uh, plus fours on, those little knickers that Payne Stewart wore. And we took off uh, Mickey Carroll's blue jacket that he always wore and put it on Crimson. I put him in the cart, and it was kind of like a far shot. And I said, well, if you don't like it, get out. And I pushed Crimson out, and he went rolling down the hill. Oh. It looked like Mickey Carroll. Sounds violent. But it's a fun, funny video. If you maybe Google... On YouTube, Iggy Mickey Carroll Golf. It'll probably come up. Threw him out of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard about it before. Yeah, That's I from told the first time. So. No, man. I don't know I told you it was coming. Here comes the Crimson Callahan story. That's oh. from Hedonism oh. Shop. Oh. I told well, you like to play this game now. I haven't heard that story. I told I you get think. ready. It's somewhat recent, but in one of our final TMA Lives at Hot Shots, a gentleman with a with a polished mustache came up to mm. us and said <laughs> and showed us a picture of him at the International Boy Slut Competition. Oh. And that was really jarring. There's a real competition of that? He was wearing a sash that said International Boy Slut 2019 or something. So very every year they're very confusing. <laughs> yeah, I guess they stopped for the pandemic. <laughs> but that was uh, that was that Are you was trying to impress Lisa Ann or what? Jesus, real cut and color. The only thing that can make that story more interesting is if someone walked by with a fake fart machine. <laughs> That's from Shrimply Pebbles. What's the mm. name of that Instagram account that you enjoy? Uh, Gilstrap. <laughs> I was watching some Gilstraps. This. Uh... The funny, the funny part of that Dinner is, at 4, Gilstrap at 4.30. The fun, well, it just pops off my phone and I start scrolling videos and Gilstrap always comes up. The funny is just, the funny is just watching the expressions on the people he walks by. That's the whole point of it. He, he'll walk by and fart and he'll say something like, oh, shouldn't wear white today. But then, but then they'll keep the camera on the people that he passed and it's just funny to watch these people's reaction. And you watch that often? Yeah, at least once a day I'll throw some Gilstrap on. Once a day on. you see it. Well, it comes up on my phone. I don't know if I can watch it now because, you know, I did something this this weekend that I've never done in my life. What'd you do? I cracked my phone. <laughs> oh, no. That's Dropped a bad beat. What happened, baby? What happened? It fell off the table and went that way. Mm. I was outside. You got a screen protector on that, right? Isn't that yeah. what... Or is that not? I think I is pulled Is that the actual phone that's I think cracked? I pulled it off. Yeah, that's the phone. It's just... It's that's ug- a It's ugly looking. I don't like my phone looking like that. Yeah, that'll break your heart when your phone cracks. Can you fix that? Yes. Can you? Take it yeah, to AT&T. There are, there are stores fix that fix it. There are places to go to I'll fix take it. Take it to AT&T. Yeah, I t- finally took that peeling off there because it was starting to bubble up, and I didn't like the look of it, so I just peeled it off. And it didn't protect anything because there's nothing on no. there. No. So anyway, yeah, I don't know if I can watch. I don't know if I can watch. I don't know if I can watch videos. That was a good one. I don't know if I can watch videos on them because that kind of takes away from me looking. You can watch YouTube videos on your television. I know. It's... You have a smart TV? Yeah, I've watched internet stuff on my TV. All right, well, you can watch it there. <laughs> internet stuff on TV? Yeah. I won't, it I won't. sounds like my mom well, would I won't, say that. You know, I watch some YouTube <laughs> stuff. 
like music on there. I won't watch porn on there because if I <laughs> get a virus on my TV, that's kind of bad. I don't know. That enhances it. TVs have viruses. I guess they could. Yeah, anything with software. Yeah, but, if you're on uh, the internet and I pull up porn <laughs> and I happen to get a virus and I want it on my TV. Well, have you stopped What is it? So just like TV? Rick Astley? It's just on your TV now? What, what does a virus on your TV look like? <laughs> it's Rick Astley. I don't know what would happen if I'm watching Netflix and all of a sudden some... Spankmaster video comes up. Oh, Spankmaster. Yeah, what's be... that name in the text in? Oh. It'll just make your TV run slower. I do think it would be a good bit to video you trying to get porn up on your television. I yeah. think it'd be even better. Like he has like a family game night and he, they're just having the TV on in the background. All of a sudden they're just like black.com comes mm. up with like gangbang. Oh. oh, okay. I was, virus. I was watching, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a porn uh, on my patio last night. I was just sitting in my breezeway, actually. I don't sit on my patio anymore. What's the difference in a breezeway and a patio? And how you started that, you weren't. Well, I have a patio outside that's porn. covered by trees, and I don't sit out there anymore because I just get pelted with bird crap. Oh. Um, so I have you know, around the corner where I come out of my door is the breezeway because a nice breeze goes through there. And I just set up a little patio in there with a couple of tables and four chairs. Oh, did you? Um, so I was sitting come out here, there. Come here, big fella. And I was watching. Uh, and I do this quite often if I'm watching a TV show. I was watching NYPD Blue, which I haven't seen in oh, forever. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> Current show. Yeah, but it's on Hulu. NYPD. It's on Hulu. That's the guy so with, like, the, the big short guy with the mustache. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Rand. <laughs> but uh, I've always enjoyed NYPD Blue, and I said, no, I just watch some NYPD Blue. The one girl on there, the blonde, her name is Andrea Thompson. Who's got to be 70 now, right? Well, she's 60 now, but she was good looking. And I, when I see somebody... That I find attractive on a TV show, I always Google and see if they're nude. Oh, for heaven's <laughs> sakes. So I typed up Andrea Thompson nude. And sure enough, she's been in like five movies before she got an NYPD blue naked. And oh, one of them is full frontal. Oh. So it's a, I think it's a site called A to Z Nude. So it came up and I started watching it. What happened to Mr. Skin? Is this a library? <laughs> well, I can't. I just wanted, I just Googled it. Um, and it came up and they're, one of them is full frontal. So it's a video of this movie, it's like a minute 30, so I'm watching it, and my next door neighbor comes out of the house, <laughs> but it's not porn, and there's no talking, it's just a nude scene. Well, sure. So I'm watching it, yeah. and then it just stops in the middle of it, here comes a here comes a uh, five second ad before you can fit. Guys, are you jerking alone? Oh. oh my God. And she walks out and goes, what are you watching? I go, it's not porn, it's just a porn thing popped up here. It's right. a porn this is a female neighbor of yours. Yeah. <laughs> So was she repulsed? No. Turned on. But this this porn commercial shouldn't have popped up from a, me watching a nude scene. No, I can't imagine how that could but have it happened. Did, just out of nowhere. Guys, you jerking alone? Hey. Well, that's usually when you jerk when you're alone. Oh. Uh, Arbor Day has a thought. I'd like to sponsor Ken's So Anyway segment where he emerges from his 21-hour Hoosier isolation chamber needing human interaction. And with nothing of significance to share, he just talks about either a TV show he's watched three th seasons of since he saw you guys last or a tale of Greg Bicklebender. What an unbelievable gem of a man. Mm. He's like the world's saddest 14-year-old. Oh. Doug, that's Arbor Day. Um, well, I, just, I didn't know what to watch. I just finished Game of Thrones again. Um, and to this day... Season eight doesn't ruin it for me. I mean, it was that's a hot take. It was a terrible. Hot end. It was a terrible. Right end. Well, it ruined it for a lot of people. Season eight doesn't ruin but it, but it for didn't you. really that's ruin. That's when you take a drag of the cigar after that one. It didn't ruin the whole thing for me. So I finished that up, and then I caught up on Outlander. Um, caught up. You caught up. 
Yeah, I hadn't watched it the last couple of Fridays, so I caught up on that. It's like you're working on your MBA and you caught up on some <laughs> accounting classes. And I was just going through Hulu and I said, oh, NYPD Blue, I haven't seen that forever. Yeah. I haven't seen it since it came on. It well, ended forever like, because it hadn't been on since the 80s. It ended in like 2005. Um, that no, was an I, 80s series, right? No, I think it ended in 2005. It did? Had a great run, though. Oh, I didn't realize I, it was that race. I think. Yeah, it was uh, 12 seasons, I think. It was, and it went from 1993 to March of 2005. How about oh, that, Doug? Fun, that is fun, recent, fun, fun. Recent. Jimmy Smith. Guys, all hell is breaking loose in the YouTube chat. That's from the 636. Doug, what, I, I thought we already tech, tended to it. Yeah. Well, now that we the listeners know that we're watching the YouTube chat, now they're, I bet they're... Mm. On Teddy Tucker's treasures and Aaron's Dougie's sitsies. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Teddy Tucker's treasures. <laughs> He's got and then Tommy Summers said, "I'd rather watch Tim take down that banana than listen to this story." It's from Tommy Summers. Oh. How do you Big know? Banana. Maybe I wasn't I done with the like, story yet. Okay, it's a good-looking banana. It is. I'm how brown does it have to get before you don't eat it? Doug, how brown do you like it? I read somewhere that that it, when it gets brown spots, it's even healthier for you. No, no, no. Yeah. It's just hard to eat when it's that mushy. I think yeah. brown. It's technically ripe. Like the ripe bananas are brown. Unless mm -hmm. you put it in a cereal, then you don't mind it mushy, but I just can't eat a mushy banana. Yeah. Uh, people who comment in the YouTube chat and not text in have most certainly been weak bottoms for a Granite City 5. You could be a man and actually text in, oh. you pots. That's from Lance Painter. Pots, probably. I just read what's in the prompter. Okay. Uh, Lance Painter's not happy about the situation right now. Well, we could use some Lance Painter around here right now. He'd probably be the third starter next year. And you know. he, he's got to be in his 50s by now, but that's not <laughs> it don't, don't do that. Most like will. Iggy didn't like the last season of Succession, but he did like the last season of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Very interesting. No. It's from Cuckleberry Thin. I didn't say it. Nurse. I just said it didn't ruin it for me. I didn't like the ending. I didn't want her to burn down the entire city, then get killed, and then you put that the worst character in that whole thing, Bran the Broken, as your... Spoiler King, that didn't make any sense, but it didn't ruin the other seven and a half seasons for me. Still a good show. No, still a great night. Still a great jeweler as Glenn Betts Jewelers in business in St. Louis since 1941. Doug, operated by the third generation of the Bet third and fourth generation of the Betts family. The Glenn Betts difference is you are served personally. You're not sold. Glenn Betts Jewelers develops relationships through generations of your family as well. They get to know your likes, lifestyle, and who and what you love. The three L's. It's glenbetsjewelers.com, located one mile east of 270 on Manchester and De Pere. In the jewelry business, there is good, better, and then there is Betts. The Betts family passion for serving their customers has been passed down from generation to generation. It's Glenn Betts Jewelers. And Michelob Boltra, sponsor of the J. Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship and the Dotum and our studios. 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbohydrates. It's Michelob Ultra. Sponsor of the studios here on TMA. You can see it if you're watching. You can see the Michelob Ultra logo. Oh, sure, there it is. All right over there. the studios here. Doug, tell us about it. Uh, uh, yeah, there is. I noticed that. Uh, title sponsor, his name's Ryan Kelly. The home His name is indeed Kelly. He'd like to help you get refinanced, maybe take care of some of that credit card debt. The average credit card interest rate is over 24%. Highest it's been in over 30 years now. With inflation, people carrying more debt than ever. Put your equity to work for you with a simple cash-out refinance. The average home loan expert client receives more than $54,000 cash-out on their refi. Maybe you're thinking about buying a home. Well, get yourself pre-approved. If you're thinking about buying the process, not as complicated as you think. With the home loan expert, they make the pre-approval process so very easy. So get pre-approved today, the day you call in. 
and they'll also provide a lower rate with a 10-day closing guarantee. Lenders do have different rates. You need to rate shop, and the Home Loan Expert has rates that cannot be touched. Also, if you're a veteran, Ryan Kelly likes to take care of the veterans. He's got that Hero Loan program. The website there is HeroLoan.com, where veterans, if they qualify, you can use your VA benefits and get a loan with $0 down. Ryan Kelly there to help you through all any kind of problem you might have with your refinance or with your purchase of a new home. That's the HomeLoanExpert.com. Maggie O'Brien's a perfect spot to go before a Cardinal game or a Doggies game. It's Maggie O'Brien's on Market Street and in Sunset Hills. Eddie McVeigh, great people, longtime sponsor of TMA. And when you go there, you know what you're going to get, and that's great service, great food, and an Irish pub that is family-owned and operated going back four decades. Union Station's next to them on Market Street, and, of course, the location in Sunset Hills. It is Maggie O'Brien's. Munganass St. Louis Accurate, Alton Toyota, sponsor the 7 o'clock hour, stlouisaccurate.com. AltonToyota.com. It is Munganass, Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganass. Doug, what do you love about Munganass? Well, everything, really. The people that run it are so nice. Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson couldn't be nicer. They want to make sure that you are happy with the car that you (laughs) buy or with the service that you get. Right now, uh, they've got me driving a uh, Toyota Highlander from Alton Toyota. Oh, yeah? Oh, it's just a fantastic SUV. Love that Toyota Highlander. And love Munganask. And when you go there, you'll say, hey, now I know where I'm going to take my car all the time. I got a car guy now. I don't have to worry about it. Something goes wrong with your car, you take it in there, and you'll see a service department that just could not be run any better, any more efficiently. And you'll say, oh. Look at this. Yeah. Now I know the muckety-mucks, and I know right to take, uh, where to take my car whenever it needs service. That's it, what I like. It's Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. Even if you didn't get your car from Munganass, get your car serviced at Munganass. And there's a secret number. 314-252-0029. All right, you have an hour and a half to sign up to be the TMA Listener of the Month. Milagro Tequila sponsors it. Welcome to a brighter side of tequila with Milagro. Somebody could call in and just take it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think if a female called in, I'd just give her the award. Personally, right, give my for the yeah. taking, but we don't have female listeners. That's the, that's the core issue. Uh, 636-9004-TMA is how you can call in. Email in the morning after at InsideSTL.com for the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. We'll close out the Munganass St. Louis Hack. You're Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. Going to that YouTube chat today. It's having, They're having a big day in there. Teddy Tucker's uh-huh. Treasures, Aaron Sitzies, Caller Adams in there, I see. Oh, no. Uncle Cucker, Tommy Summers. It's all happening, Doug. It's all happening in the YouTube chat. Okay. YouTube.com slash TMASTF. Have cyber sex. Yeah, have cyber sex with some uh, guys. Hey, it's Ryan YouTube Kelly show? morning after from the Michelob Ultra Studios.